It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Yeah, and 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio. And like the man said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Man, we got a, we got a great show for you coming up here in a minute. I've got uh, a friend of mine coming on, State Senator Clay Schofield, who is the majority leader in the state Senate. Uh, but uh, before we do that, let me just tell you real quickly about my friends at ZLA Solutions. You, you guys have got to know about them. Some of y'all out there are looking for work. They've got it. They've got jobs right now posted on their website at ZLAUSA.com. But if you're also an employer looking to hire, you need to fill out the ranks of your workforce, ZLAUSA.com. That's what ZLA Solutions does. They put people back to work, employers and employees. They, they, they put the two together. They've got groups all over Alabama they've been helping get back to work. And they also help you with your management, your logistics, wh- whatever you need. They like to say at ZLA, we don't just make it, we make it better. ZLA Solutions is at ZLAUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, listen, we're going to come on uh, to a slightly different topic now, talk about some state politics. I've got somebody coming on that I've enjoyed working with for uh, uh, about a decade now down in, uh, in Montgomery. Uh, he also hails uh, from North Alabama and represents a part of the Madison County delegation. That's State Senator Clay Schofield. Uh, Clay represents District 9 in the Alabama State Senate, uh, which I think is Blunt, DeKalb, Madison, and Marshall Counties. First elected in 2010, same time I was. Um, he is now the majority leader for the Senate Republican Caucus. Uh, and he's got his bachelor's of science degree in agriculture and business and economics from Auburn University, War Eagle. State Senator Clay Schofield, thanks for coming on Right Side Radio, man. Always good to be on with you, Philly Bob. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> I finally get to join your program. Well, I'm glad you did too. Uh, my brother from another mother, we used to always say. But um, Born yeah, at Clay, different times together. I know, born at different times together. But uh, we did. We sat next to each other on the Senate floor for a good number of years. And um, yeah, yeah, eight years. Yeah, and just uh, and freezing, just watched it, huh? Freezing to death, freezing to death by the air condition. Oh yeah, and uh, and also you know breathing in the mold in that old building. That was my eyes would always burn after about uh, three hours in the building. But um, and I'm down yeah. here. I'm down here. Uh, Today, I've been fortunate to not have to be here for the past two weeks, and everything's been good. I walked in this building. I've been sneezing like crazy. My, I can feel my eyes welling up. It's just, it's not a good situation. So I, I remember, Clay, you know, when you and I first got elected in 2010, um, the Senate gallery was the old Senate gallery, all the Formica countertops and, and everything else, and then we we ripped all that out about four years later, and and actually the the prison uh, carpentry shop made new desks out of wood. But I remember when they pulled out all those desks and took down the wall hangings, there was mold on the walls and under the desks, and it was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that the average business could have been sued for maintaining a place like that for its employees. But there you go. Oh no! But, um, I've I've often said if the state didn't have sovereign immunity, there'd be a class action lawsuit on this on this building. I mean, it's it's bad. Well, one day maybe that'll change, or at the very least, they'll they'll find some way of fumigating the place. But hey, listen, um, and, and there's been a lot of hot air in that building too, if you know what I mean. So just, <laughs> exactly. <you know. laughs> hey, listen, you've been in the state senate now for a while, and. Um, you, you've seen a number of special sessions. I mean, when you and I were down there in the Bentley administration, I swear one year we, we went back and forth to Montgomery for like three special sessions in one year. It feel, I think we did. 
Um, three or but, it was three or four. I think about that the other day. Yeah, and, and just yeah. to bring our listeners up to date, they may not realize the the state legislature can go into session once a year on its own. That's called the regular session. Once every four years, cover the organizational session. But beyond that, you got to be called by the governor. And sometimes the governor won't call, and sometimes they call a lot. That's right. That's exactly right. And we're actually um, looking at potentially having two specials uh, between uh, now and, and the start of the uh, regular session in, uh, in January. Um, and I know that was one of the things that, you know, we were going to talk about. So I guess when we segue into it, if yeah, go right ahead. you want, um, you know, obviously, you know, this from when, you know, we serve together, our prisons are, uh, a major problem. Um, you know, we have been under federal scrutiny, federal lawsuit for that. And that is a problem that has arisen for you can't blame it on one legislature it's been going on for for decades and decades and decades um and so we we really have got to fix our prison problem um you, when you and i served together you know governor bentley at that time presented a plan that i think we were a little leery of um, it was supposed to pay for itself through eliminating duplications and all that, which looked great on paper. But uh, some of us, and I think Senator Sanford and Colts Claw, and I think you were in our group, that uh, didn't really think that that was going to happen. Um, so the governor obviously came up with with her plan because you know as you can imagine there's not a lot of faith that the legislature is going to actually do something about it if i can jump in there too if i can jump in there too clay one of the things that gets down to is the politics of it because some folks don't want a prison closed in their area and some folks don't want a prison put in their area so it gets into politics too you're absolutely right And, and as you know that was part of our issue that we had with with Governor Bentley's proposal, um, was some of those uh, prisons were going to be closed, and frankly, you know, it's to those folks that's jobs and and all the things that comes comes with that in in those areas where oftentimes there aren't any, like Barbara County or Bibb County. Um, so um, once the governor's plan fell through, uh, we stepped up as the legislature. Um, I have been leading the effort. I uh, was asked by the pro tem to lead the effort on the Senate side. Um, we got up to speed on where we are and, and what we're looking at, <clears throat> what our needs are, are um, what the lawsuit says, and what we need to do to get out from under it. Um, I'm I'm specifically heading up though the construction aspect of it. Uh, with a great cross-section of our, our Senate colleagues. So are you feeling um, like right now we'll have a special session on an actual construction proposal? I, I think we our, our intent is to do so. Um, we are to a point to present the governor with a, a, a plan. Now, 
it's not a final plan. It is a working, um, you know, a place to start. And so well, hopefully we can, we can work with the governor's office, our, our House and Senate colleagues, and come to a plan that, frankly, does several things that are very important. Number one is public safety. We've got to keep the worst folks in prison. We don't need the federal courts like they've done in California and North oh, Carolina yeah. coming in and telling us you're going to re- release prisoners. And they will. You remember they that? Will under they they absolutely will. They have done that. So in my mind, as a conservative, public safety has to be first and foremost. And number two... We've got to make sure that we can we can pay for the new construction, not just during the good times like we're in now, but the bad times. Well, Clay, let we me ask you about be, that real quick because what we're going to run out of time here on this segment. But but I'm hearing right now that with the the money coming from the federal government for COVID relief, which is looking in the neighborhood like two point four billion dollars, that right now the special session could include the administration or appropriation of those funds and maybe part of that also being used for prisons. Is that what you're hearing? We, we, we are asking the Treasury um, for, for guidance as to what funds we could use for, for construction and to satisfy the mental health aspect of the lawsuit. Okay. So what that could is what's gonna get really help us careful. to solve this problem, Phil. Yeah, totally agree. Hey, listen, man, um, just a couple minutes left on this, because when we come back from the next break, I'm going to want to talk to you about broadband. But but the, the, the special sessions that we're looking at right now, one on I think is going to be literally money slash prisons, but then the other one is, is appropriate, I mean, for uh, um, reapportionment. So every 10 years we have the census. For those who don't recognize it, what that means is the, the numbers come in, and then you get to redraw all the lines for school districts, for legislative races, for our congressional districts. We usually already have that done by now, but, of course, the Biden folks are still hanging on to the numbers. What are you seeing on that? Are we going to have a special this session? I, would, I mean, this, this season? I would think so. We will. Uh, we're hopeful that the census data, the precinct-level data will be in uh, you know, late September, early October. And then we, we would look at a special session, the, hopefully about the last week of October. You know, as you know, we, we were able to do that last time in the regular session. Yeah. Uh, but because the census folks have taken so long to get us that data, we're going to have to do it in a special going into the next elections. And what that means, by the way, for those who are listening, is is that the reality is we've got upwards of 24 members of the state House of Representatives that have are, are not or are not sure about running, and we got at least four senators that are not running. So there's going to be all these different races. So there are people right now who cannot even decide if they should run or not because they're not sure what district they're going to live in because the district lines haven't been drawn yet, and yet the election season is already going. So it's it's kind of a wacky situation, uh, Clay. No, it, it really is, and it has really, really been frustrating on our end waiting on this data, because as you know, the 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 election this next year is in late May. So so we're trying to get this done as quickly 
is this data comes in so that people know, you know, which district they're in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, man, I want you to hang on during the break. We're about to head into a break in, in uh, but um, you've got some information that I think is extremely important, especially given the fact that we had schools going virtual for the last year, and that's the issue of broadband, which you've been the champion for uh, for the better part of a decade. Um, so, folks, hang on. Uh, State Senator Clay Schofield, who does represent part of Madison County uh, here in North Alabama, uh, represents four counties in the state Senate, is our majority leader in the state Senate. Got some information you may want to hear. It's Phil Williams, News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, Right Side Radio. Solid conservative, just plain right. We'll be right back. Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, let me real quickly tell you about my friends over at uh, Otter Creek Farm. Listen, it's a wing shooting destination bar none. If you like to hunt pheasant and quail, it's right here in North Alabama. I mean, it's, it's, it's right up there in, in, in an area that it just, like, it's so close to home. And it is so good that Donald Trump Jr. came and stayed overnight and hunted there not long ago. It was featured in Garden and Gun magazine. Hundreds of acres of beautiful grounds. They got the dogs, they got the guns, they got the pheasant, the quail. They've got everything you'd want, plus a culinary staff that will cook meals for you like you would not believe. You need to find out about this place if you haven't already been. OtterCreekFarmstead.com is their website. OtterCreekFarmstead.com. You check them out. I know these folks personally. I go out there all the time. Love that place. OtterCreekFarmstead.com. Check it out. Hey, back on with my friend, State Senator Clay Schofield. Uh, Clay is our majority leader of the uh, Republican caucus in um, the Alabama State Senate. Hey, Clay, listen, so last year we had the, the whole COVID thing hit. We had uh, kids that went to school on Friday and were told not to come back on Monday, and they'll figure out virtual. And not everybody figured out virtual real well. Sometimes it was because, especially in our rural areas, they had no access to good internet, and so they could not even stream their lessons and I heard of some crazy conservative, you know, creative ideas like there were school systems that were putting Wi-Fi on school buses and parking them in Walmart parking lots so that kids could drive there and do their homework in the parking lot. But we got to fix this issue, man. So what's the scoop on broadband in Alabama? So the good news is, and, you know, unfortunately, we don't hear this or get to say this too much with Alabama, you know, uh, liberal media loves to paint us as backwards and all that good stuff. Uh, they're wrong, by the way. They are. Um, we're about two years ahead uh, of the closest state to us in regards to where we are on broadband and, and where we are on planning. Um, and a lot of that's thanks to the bill that you actually supported and voted on, the Alabama Broadband Accessibility Act, Yeah. that we, after a long time, finally got through there. Uh, since then, we have set up the IDEA Committee, which is Alabama Digital Expansion Authority. Uh, and in North Alabama, I'll give you for instance, uh, Jim Hudson with Hudson Alpha serves uh, on this, uh, this authority. So we are tasked with coming out with a statewide deployment plan. Now, one of the things that sets us up way ahead is um, that same year that we passed the uh, Broadband Accessibility Act, 
we uh, gave ADECA, Alabama Department of Economic and Community Affairs, uh, some money to contract with a consulting firm um, to help us come up with a plan. So what we're going to have delivered to us by the end of the year is an address-level map of who has broadband and at what speeds and who does not have broadband in the state. So once we get that done, and my understanding is I think Georgia may be the only other state that has a map done, but ours is going to be address-level, state-of-the-art, that we can, it'll be living. We can, as we expand into areas, that will be updated. And do you foresee, I mean, so right now, virtual schooling is not necessarily going away. Like Huntsville City Schools just put a full mask mandate on everybody. And, and they, but they shut down virtual, but they did have 900 students that already enrolled in their virtual education program. So there's 900 students, but that's Huntsville, a fairly cosmopolitan mm-hmm. area and, uh, and not likely to have many issues with broadband. But then you get out into some of the more rural areas out in the far reaches of, say, Cherokee County, where I used to serve, um, and, mm-hmm. and you're going to find that it doesn't reach that well. So at what point, once you get the map, do you see there, and we got about mm, maybe 30, 45 seconds here, Clay, but do you see there being an actual deployment opportunity at that point to get it in, in place? You bet, because of the federal funds that we, we have. So we're going to okay. be able to use a, a, a lot of those funds on this deployment. And so that, to me, is a good place to spend it because it will be, we'll, we will see a return on investment. And we won't just blow those dollars. Hey, State Senator Clay Schofield, man, appreciate you. Thanks for your work. Maybe sometime I'll have you on here and I'll ask you harder questions, but today was a good, informative movement, and I, and I appreciate your time. That's State Senator Clay Schofield. He does represent part of Madison County, uh, doing a great job down there in the State Senate. And uh, stay tuned. we got another guest coming up you're going to want to hear, Eric Johnson, about pro-life legislation. We'll be right back. <laughs> 